Hello, everybody, and welcome to Under the Bridge. Insert witty quip here. <laughs> what? Oh, so we have nothing this week. <laughs> Wait. Oh. Okay. I didn't have anything. I thought you said whinnying clip, like a, like a horse whinnying. Uh, that's what I was <laughs> I mean, I guess I could do that. <laughs> I mean, that would, be, that would definitely be different. That would be unique, that's for sure. That's why I Anyways, was confused. I'm Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. I'm Nick, a.k.a. Agent Duckman. And I am Greg, a.k.a. Greg. Yeah, we got yeah. stuff. He's our stuff Bob. Stuff has happened. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Okay, yeah, stuff has happened. Uh, I think we're just gonna change the format or whatever. I don't know. A little bit, maybe. We'll see what happens. Well, regardless of what point of the podcast this is, uh, let's get into some gaming news. It's not a lot this week. We're recovering from the bombardment that was last week with all of the cons. Yeah. Yeah. Con! (laughs) 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 Here's what I got this week. We got Dragon's Dogma 2 was announced randomly. Uh, they had like an anniversary, 10th anniversary stream, and they just dropped it at the end. Hey, yeah, we're working on Dragon's, Dog- Dra- Dragon's Dogma 2. Which got like half of the people that I work with very happy and also uh, very confused. <laughs> Dragon's Dogma has a pretty big cult following and has for yeah. quite a while. Uh, and a sequel is a pretty big deal. I don't think anyone expected this game to actually get a sequel. But once the 10th anniversary stream was kind of announced, everybody was like, oh, Dragon's Dogma. And then they're in the, they're in the uh, Square Annex uh, show that they did. They did. Oh, they were like, "Oh yeah, we got news about Dragon's Dogma." And they're like, "Oh, Dragon's Dogma." So everybody was expecting it at this point. So it mm. kind of became a thing. Um, you know what I just realized as somebody who doesn't have an opinion about Dragon's Dogma. Yeah, what's up? That con joke does not work unless the Lightyear review comes first. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, me! We'll fix it in post. <laughs> you mean I'll fix it in post? Yes, you'll fix it in post. You'll fix it in post. Damn it, me! <laughs> On the same realms of Japanese uh, Japanese games that are getting a lot of talk right now, Final Fantasy got some pretty big news this week. All three of them are Final Fantasy VII news. So, All right. part two officially got revealed of the remake. Uh, it's called Rebirth. Uh, this covers from roughly the end of the Genova break all the way up to, I don't know where they're going to stop. I don't know if they're going to stop before the Aerith death or after it. But I know part three was also confirmed to be in development, which I don't know why it's getting a third part. That seems a little bit too much like they're trying to take all of my money. One for every disc. I was going to say, true. Like, I was going to say, true. Like, it sounds like they're trying to, because I haven't played actual seven, even though I've had it in my collection for a while. Mm-hmm. From what I've gathered, it seems like they're trying to do it where every um, remake gets a disc, which is fine. Except for the fact that each one of those is going to be full price, but that's just yeah. They're just <laughs> trying to recapture the feel of a multi-disc game now but, at fifty nine ninety nine per disc. So now it's a hundred and- capitalism. So so Final <laughs> Fantasy VII remake is really a hundred and eighty dollars if you really think about it. Yeah, Welcome okay. to buying a Pokemon game. Uh, well, I fixed that by not being into Pokemon. Yeah, good of- for you, Greg. <laughs> I'm I'm in Greg's camp too, so it's just you that suffers. Oh, good for both of you then. <laughs> I guess I'm the only chump sitting in the recording booth. Yeah, it, it is fun to hear you rant about Pokemon. I will give you that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Please go on, Nick. Sorry. Uh, no, it's my don't, fault. Don't mean... Cri- Crisis Core is also getting a remaster this year on consoles. Every console. So, Crisis Core being the PSP tie-in game to Final Fantasy VII. I 
think that's what Squall. No, not Squall. Zach. That's the... Zach. That's who it is. Thank you. Squall's eight. Can, can I can I like mention kind of a funny like anecdote? Yeah, go for that. it. So a friend of the store, he was telling me about like action RPGs, and he had a copy of Crisis Core, so he let me borrow it for a couple of weeks. I didn't get very far because I'm slow with playing like games I'm not familiar with. Well, someone traded it in at work, so I was like, oh boy, I can have my own copy. I don't have to keep borrowing this one. So tr- got traded in, came off. I bought it, and then three days later, the Crisis Core remaster got it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not the worst thing because the game was like less than twenty bucks, but it's still one of those things where it's like, well, shit. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's a good game that needed to get a remaster. Quite honestly, I'm not too upset about it. Uh, I'll probably actually play it when it goes onto the next consoles. But mm-hmm. uh, running through the rest of it because we don't have much left. Biggest surprise of the week: uh, Lollipop Chainsaw might be back from the dead. <laughs> Oh my. Oh, oh really? Uh, there is a random tweet that happened with the creator of Lollipop Chainsaw saying, hey, thank you for this 10th, 10th anniversary, thanks for all the support, and then after it, it goes right into saying that the, there's, the project's not dead, it's getting a, re- a rebirth in some way. So either they're huh. doing a remaster, or they're going to be doing a sequel. So... Huh. Okay. Cult, uh, for those of you who are not familiar, it is a cult classic ARPG. Uh, not not ARPG, just hack and slash game, kind of like Devil May Cry, just ridiculous and over the top and very dumb. It's a it's a very big cult classic game. It's uh it's been a lot of hype around that. Quite honestly, it came out of completely out of left field, out of nowhere. James Gunn was one of the writers. That explains a lot. I have was he one of the writers? Pretty sure. Yeah, I think it came up during a previous episode. I've hmm. never played the game. It like, was Hitman dressing up as Lollipop Chainsaw was the thing that instigated it. <laughs> I, I never played the game. I remember there being like a ridiculous amount of fanfare leading up to the game's release, and then I heard nothing about it up until I started like working at a video game store, and then it's like, yeah, cult following. But the fact that James Gunn like, write, like was a writer, given the aesthetic and the sheer ridiculousness of the game, explains a lot. <laughs> Doesn't it just... Yeah, it does definitely. That definitely does for sure. So yeah, basically, uh, another weird thing that may or may not be happening. It looks like there's rumors of a state of play happening this week again from Sony. Already? Yeah, already. Apparently, they're due to announce some um, another peripheral for the PS5. It looks like they may be revealing the uh, PS5 Pro controller. <laughs> okay. So that's that's a thing. Uh, but also, a couple of game companies have actually said, hey, look, there's some things that are going to be g- getting announcements later in this month. Two of them being Gran Turismo, as the producer said there's going to be an update on the next game. God of Wait, War Ragnarok really? said there's going to be a release date due later this month for the game. Uh, like, There's a couple of things that everything's... It looks like everything's kind of setting up to there might be a actual event this week that goes into a little bit more detail about these things. Huh. Wait, is is it going to be something about the Grand Trizzle game and not the... And the movie. <laughs> <sighs> oh, god damn it, the fucking... I wonder if we'll get a trailer or a teaser trailer for the movie. I... Uh... I really want to see what the movie's going to be. <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest well, with they, you. Well, they, they've revealed the premise of the movie. Oh, really? Yeah, so the basic premise is it's it's based on a true story. And to be fair, the pre- this did actually happen. The premise of the movie is that it follows a young kid who grew up playing Gran Turismo, 
and his <laughs> journey from being a gamer to becoming a professional race car driver. So less fun than I thought it would be. Okay. Yeah, and that's that honestly, sounds wretched. No, and that's my main problem is that I don't necessarily. It's kind of it's. I don't necessarily hate that it's a Gran Turismo movie. What I hate is that as a movie, it sounds like it sucks just based on that premise. It's like it's. It's it's just a very predictable trope. It's like, oh, oh, I'm sure like he's gonna hit some kind of snag along the way, or but I'm sure he'll like. There's no like real surprise or anything because it's one of those, especially if it's based on. I'm pretty sure the driver that I think it's based on. There's no real surprise um, with that. So it's just one of those things where it's like, to be fair, the rumor of a Gran Turismo movie. I know you guys talked about this a couple weeks ago when I wasn't here. The idea of a Gran Turismo movie has been something that's been floated around for, like, I think at least a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also always a thing of, like, well, how can they make a movie out of it um, if they, because it's not a story driven series in the slightest. It's like, oh, retelling of GT Academy. Okay, sure. <laughs> Why not? I I'm don't know. Curious to see what the hell it's going to end up being. I, I'm probably going to watch it regrettably. I am curious to see how they try to make this entertaining especially because and actually there was a there's a discussion thread on the movie subreddit about this with it being a video game movie i'm pretty sure it's going to be a thing of they're gonna the writers and whatnot are making this not so much to tell like a compelling story or something interesting but more so just because oh it's gran turismo everybody loves gran turismo that'll equal money and i hate thinking that way but that's the only reason i can see this existing last bit of news i got for you Oh, Jack and Daxter, for, every, for everyone. <laughs> no, <Okay>. specifically you. <laughs> Jack and Daxter has gotten an unofficial PC port. I heard about that, it, yeah. It's b- basically, these fans have ported over the entirety of the game. It's kind of cool, because D- Jack and Daxter actually worked on a different code language uh, that they had to decompile and learn how to like break down completely from scratch. It's quite cool. Uh, it's running natively on PC now. Uh, it's, you know, you can probably find it if you Google it online, but the game is in a state right now where there are some bugs, but you can finish the game with 100% completion at this point. Mm. All right. So, and the, the same team's working on Jack 2 and 3. So I do like Jack and Daxter a lot. Yeah, I've never yeah. played the games, so maybe this will give me the excuse to actually play the damn game. Wow, so. yeah, do it. It's good. It's, it's the one PlayStation collect uh, 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 franchise. I don't have any copies of any of one of the five games on there. Wow. Or uh, I, I never played them. I just kind of grew up with Fraction and Clank and Sly Cooper instead. So. You know, it's I mean, funny. I feel like between the trifecta of Sly, Ratchet, and Jack, whichever one you prefer, ultimately just depends on which one you grew up with. Because I grew up with Jack and Sly and never Ratchet and Clank. And when I finally got the game and tried to play it, I was just like, I don't really care. <laughs> My, um, I didn't, like, really grow up with them, per se, because, you know, racing game nerd, but I do remember, like, a few times going over to see my god family, and my god brother me would always play, like, Sly Cooper. So I have some fond memories of that, for sure. Nice. So, yeah, that's just a cool little anecdote there that I found. I was like, oh, that's that's pretty cool to, to bring up. So I'm going to give the last hurrah for video games. Let's go that back in the past for a little bit and revisit some of those games that, uh you know, have some big important, uh, you know, anniversaries coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Biggest one this week is Eternal Darkness is 20 years old. Really? Etern- yeah. If you guys don't know what Eternal Darkness is, it is a survival horror game made for the GameCube exclusively. I do not know who made it at the moment. 
Silicon Knights published it for it, it. It's it's a very weird game where it deals with time travel. It's very much inspired by like Resident Evil and Silent Hill. It's 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 a very unique game for the GameCube. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's twenty years old as of this Thursday. So that's a pretty mm. big, pretty big, uh, pretty big deal right there. Other ones that we got that are notable. I'm not gonna cover everyone, just the notable ones, because holy shit, there's a lot this week. <laughs> We have uh, Sonic the Hedgehog is 31 years old. Happy birthday, <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. Jesus. And yet he still can't drive. <laughs> uh, the man needs no introduction. We can just leave it at it's Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, <laughs> um, 17 years ago, Chibi Robo came out in Japan. Hmm. Okay. Which, that's a very obscure game for the GameCube that a lot of people here have not played because it got limited run over here. I don't, if it even came out in America, I think it was very limited run here in Europe. And it's yeah, so it expensive. Out. <laughs> it came out in 2006. That's why it's expensive. So I, I remember asking like somebody who sold the game through us. He's like, why is this game so expensive? And he's like, I, I, I don't know, dude. It just is. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> the Nintendo 64 launched in Japan 26 years ago, uh, along with Super Mario 64 as its launch title. Huh. Um. So, happy birthday to the Nintendo 64 and to Super Mario 64. That is my childhood right there. Very good. Yeah, I'm not going to go into any more other than the birth of Masayuki Uemura, who is the Nintendo's head of uh, Nintendo's Research and Development Set 2 division. Uh, he is the one that was the head on the, the, the development of the Famicom, Famicom Desk System, obviously the NES, and the Super Nintendo. So did you say Famicom Desk System? Disk System. They had oh, a, okay. Yeah, they had like a basically an NES CD kind of deal that they did very early on. Huh. It's very, 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 very obscure and pretty much it only came out in Japan. It was a very odd attempt at trying to use disc-based games. Okay. Uh, he also is the inventor of the light gun. So, <laughs> the uh, the Nintendo light gun, the classic one. So he's the person I have to thank when every, whenever once someone buys a light gun, it's like it doesn't work on my TV. Gotcha. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. That was a very specific complaint. <laughs> I'm very sorry about that. But valid. No. Especially when you've worn them. Valid. Oh. Yeah, but he's still basically the creator of the light gun. Um, so that's pretty cool. Okay. Uh, happy birthday to him. Game releases this week. We have Fall Guys coming out for free on PS5, Xbox Series XS, Xbox One, and Switch on the 21st. That is tomorrow as of date of recording. Yo, I gotta play more Fall Guys. Uh, yeah, Fall Guys is, and needs no introduction, it's Fall Guys, it was a huge deal. Kind of dropped off, but it's a shame, because it actually is a fun game, it's just not one that necessarily needs your constant attention. Uh, the Shadowrun Trilogy, uh, all of the Shadowrun, uh, CRPGs are coming to PS5, all, all consoles, I'm, if it's everything, I'm just gonna say everything for now on. Wreckfest is coming to Switch. Uh, Breakfast is really fun, by the way. Uh, really? I highly recommend it if you have a Switch. Yeah, it's a very fun game. I don't see how that game could run on the Switch, but I'm all for it. <laughs> Probably through cloud gaming. I'm... <laughs> okay, that, that makes so a not lot more well. sense. <laughs> yeah, it makes a ton of more sense when you think about it like that. Yeah. Naraka Blade Point's coming out to Xbox Series S, X and S. That's a uh, Battle Royale game using swords and stuff. It's pretty cool. Uh, they showed it off at the at the most recent conference, so that's that's a pretty. I'm pretty excited to see that come out. Actually, mm-hmm. the most contentious release of the week, Sonic Origins. Yeah, 
you either love it or you hate it. I think that it's very scummy the way that they're handling the launch of Sonic Origins. I'm not looking forward to it at all. I'm probably going to boycott it on, pro- on premise because of what they're trying to do. It's ridiculous that they're charging that much money for classic Sonic games and completely screwing over the fans. I've but- still got Sonic Mega Collection Plus and Sonic Gems Collection, so I've got one, two, three Knuckles and CD already. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly... What what I think about it. The uh, collection that I am looking forward to, though, is the Capcom Fighting Collection, which comes out on the 24th, having games that haven't seen official support in quite a while on there, uh, including my favorite, Darkstalkers, which uh, is honestly Capcom iconic at this point, because, like, Morrigan and Felicia, they come from that. Like, I don't know why Darkstalkers doesn't have more, you know, more of a... They should really do something with it. It's just sitting there. And it's such an, those characters are so iconic to just Capcom. So like I don't know why they don't do anything with it. But uh, these games are coming out completely re-released with full uh, net, net play, net, like like full the Roblox Roblox net code on them, so that you can play them online without any you know input lag. Uh, so that's going to be pretty awesome. I, I think it's pretty cool that Capcom's doing this, even if it is just a way to get more money out of me. I mean, what isn't? <laughs> True, this is the video game industry. Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes comes out for the Switch on the 24th, the next Fire Emblem game, uh, Warriors game, so it's, yeah, it's a sequel to the, uh, I want to say, that, what, what was it, like, 2019 game that came out? I don't know, I don't remember when that one came out. But yeah, it's it's a Warriors game with Fire Emblems, they've already made one of them, it's the same deal, it's just mm. different different characters. <laughs> okay. And the last release is Madison, which is a survival horror game coming out to every console. Um, it's it's psychological horror. It's a about a camera. I think you look through a camera and take pictures of demons. That kind of deal. It's kind of yeah. like a Fatal Frame. Shin Megami so. Tensei Photo Simulator. <laughs> you know what? Fair. Oh, don't give them ideas, man. And that's all I have on the on the gaming side. All right. As we get new. Movies and other such news. Uh, I want to start off by saying rest in peace, Mr. Tim Sale, the man, the myth, the legend. Unfortunately, he confirmed a passed away of kidney failure on June 16th. Big F. thing I most know him for personally is Batman The Long Halloween, which is an absolutely phenomenal story that did the, he, he, he was an artist for. He's also done Batman Dark Victory, Superman for All Seasons. Catwoman went in Rome, the Marvel color series, the Daredevil Yellow, Spider-Man Blue, Hulk Gray, in collaboration with Jeff Loeb, uh, a lot of these things were done, but still, it's really a shame to lose such a good artist. Yeah, that's pretty upsetting. I mean, I don't have much, and much. it's, it's comics, so I don't have much attachment to the guy, but it's still upsetting to hear he died. Yes. Fair enough. So... I guess we'll move along to something else that makes me sad, which is a terrible segue, but I'm going to stick with it. (laughs) Okay. Guy Ritchie is directing Disney's live-action Hercules. Oh, boy. To be fair, (sighs) he did direct live-action Aladdin, which is, I think, one of the least objectionable ones of the bunch, so... I enjoyed Aladdin, so... Yeah. Aladdin was... Fine for a completely unnecessary movie. <laughs> the way you just said "fine" is kind of the hints more than anything else. I mean, I don't have strong opinions one way or another, just because 
other than Aladdin, I'm not, I'm sure I've seen plenty of Guy Ritchie's movies, but I don't really have, like, any, like, major recollection of any of them. Guy Ritchie's a good director. He's, uh, he did the really good King Arthur movie a, a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. He also did, uh, The Gentleman, which was, I, I love that one. That was so mm-hmm. good. But, yeah, that's, that's an update to be had. And yeah. speaking of updates, we got a very small update about Taika Waititi's Star Wars movie, and it's that he's planning on expanding the Star Wars movies and not focusing on characters we've already seen. Good. Uh, his, his exact quote is, I don't think that I'm any use in the Star Wars universe making a film where everyone's like, oh great, well that's the blueprints to the Millennium Falcon. Ah, that's Chewbacca's grandmother. <laughs> that all stands alone. <laughs> That's great, though I would like to take something new and create some new characters and just expand the world. Otherwise, it feels like it's a very small story. Good. I mean, you know what? I'm all for that, Taika Waititi. I'm not a big fan of Taika Waititi, but, like, you know, if he can do something to make Star Wars fresh again, I'm all for it. He is a tremendous filmmaker who has made one of the most enjoyable movies that I absolutely hate. And if nothing else, (laughs) I respect him for that. So, Which movie is that? Thor Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Oh, right, right. I kind of am looking forward to that, especially hearing that bit of news, because my favorite thing about Star Wars is, and I've said this before, I, for the most part, I could give two shits about most of the characters, but the overall Star Wars universe is fantastic, and not nearly as explored as it should be. So I think with Taiki Waititi, like, kind of being like, yeah, we're not gonna go with, like, established things, gives me a lot of hope that that means that we're gonna get more, like, inside of information in some of the lesser known or at least more fascinating parts of Star Wars. Yeah. Expansion is always good, especially after they ran the Skywalker saga into the ground and are kind of, it feels like, doing the same thing with all the Skywalker adjacent characters. So, moving into something we haven't seen before, definitely a plus. Yes. Very. In very minor news, we got a look at Venom 3's script, by which I mean the cover, courtesy of Tom Hardy. Mm. The most notable thing is that on Instagram he posted it with a sticker that said with a sticker that says Last Ride, which oh. could mean several things. It could just mean the last Venom movie. It could mean he's done with the character after this movie. It could just be nothing. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but we've got the script photo and honestly I just wanted to bring it up because I wanted to just think how funny would it be if he's already out after this next one? That's like if Robert Downey Jr. had just done three Iron Man movies and then left before the Avengers ever happened. <laughs> yeah. But also if Thor and Captain America and the Incredible Hulk had been piles of hot garbage instead of actually good, and Iron Man and the three Iron Man movies were also hot garbage, but entertaining hot garbage. This metaphor doesn't work as well as I thought it did. <laughs> I really don't have anything to say about that. I'll watch the movie when it comes out and probably vomit. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. We got some casting news for Marvel Productions. Nico Santos has joined Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, although we don't know as who. And Manny Montana has joined... Hannah Montana? Manny Montana. Ah. Uh. Hannah Montana's yeah. already in a Disney MCU movie. Who's Miley Cyrus? Uh, you remember that one robot at the end of Guardians Volume 2 who was part of Stakar's original Guardians group? Or Ravager no, group? No, not at all. That's... The, when, when Stakar's 
talking about how Yondu got them all back together again, and they're talking about how they should, like, team up again, and there's that one robot that just goes, Oh my gosh, I missed you guys so much! I don't remember that at all. Well, that was Miley Cyrus. Oh. Was that? Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> You're welcome. I, I, the fact that you know this is just... That's okay. amazing. Let's go. I, you're I welcome not, for that. This is such an obscure character. Like, <laughs> okay, this is like, you're, you're like, you know that one person on that one scene that was ten seconds long? Oh, I well, don't know who that I is. I mean, Do in the remember? comics, she's she, she's called Mainframe, and in the comics, I think Mainframe is an evil alternate future version of Vision or something, which obviously isn't the case here, but it's a thing. Nick, do you remember when um, Sylvester Stallone was in Guardians 2? I did see that. I do yeah. remember that. That's yeah. part of the group. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Okay, moving on. Anyways, we don't know who either of them are, though. So, interesting speculation. I mean, and, it, and the worst part is it's impossible to speculate because Guardians 3 could be literally anybody, and Ironheart also could be literally anybody because one's too crazy to pin down the cast list, and the other's kind of too new for me to really know much about. So, guess we'll find out. Yep. Yep. Then, mm -hmm. Michael Giacchino provided an update for the untitled Halloween special that's probably Werewolf by Night, confirming that he is directing it, and saying, I've been having a blast. It's an incredibly challenging process. I love it. Every day, I've been having fun working on it, and we're in the middle of it. Hopefully very soon we'll share a lot more about it. So, sounds like he's not very far along. Do you mean directing as in directing the music side of things? or like No, yeah, he, is, he is directing the Halloween special. Wait, he's the composer, right? He's the director. But I thought he was the composer. He he's is the, the composer. He's the, he's the composer, but he, for this, he is the director. What? I have covered uh, this. Uh, uh, <laughs> I know it's come up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but that's a little nuts because he's been known for compose. I mean, I'm all for it. I love yes. his music, so... Look, this is the man who gave me an orchestrated version of the Spider-Man theme playing in front of the Home Trilogy, so... <laughs> this is only the third thing he's directed. He did a short in 2018, uh, a short in 2019, and then the special. Okay. That's awesome. I, again, I mean, I, it's cool. I really like Michael Giacchino. Uh, I think that his incredible score is one of the best scores yes, of all time. Yes, the incredible music <laughs> is great. Bana, bum, bana. Like, that, that, bum, he's bum, done a bum, lot bum, of good bum, movies. Bum, 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 bum. And now it's no. in my head and it won't go away. Gia oh. Yeah, Giacchino is one of my favorite direct, uh, current composers, so I'm pretty excited about that. So. Oh, oh, for me, though, the best song was the Kronos theme. When uh, Mr. Incredible finds out about the whole plot, yeah, and everything. Ooh, yeah, just just a good mix of like jazz leading up to like major suspense. It's like, yeah. <laughs> well, and then what I think is the biggest thing, at least for me, because I did not see this coming, we've got confirmation that another Disney Plus series is being worked on, and this one's about Wonder Man. I I know you talked to me about it outside of the podcast, but remind me once more who Wonder Man is. He's one of the like he, not original, but he's an Avenger, like an early Avenger, right? Yeah, he was also a member yeah. of the West Coast team. He's a right. Hollywood actor. He his brain patterns in the comics were used by Ultron to create the Vision. His brother is the supervillain, the Grim Reaper. He has, mm -hmm. I think, ionic blast powers or something. 
Yeah, he's uh, he's a pretty big character. I know that like early Marvel, he was very pivotal in the Avengers and stuff. Yeah, nowadays he's more notable for who he's connected to, that being Vision and Scarlet Witch and Grim and all that stuff. But the other interesting thing is that it see it sounds like Destin Daniel Cretton is executive producing the series. So this might actually be that Disney Plus series he signed up for along with the Shang-Chi sequel that we didn't know about. If so, that's an interesting swivel to go from Shang-Chi to have them tell you, yeah, you can do whatever Marvel character you want and then go be like, can I do Wonder Man? <laughs> but, why, am, why am I seeing things about Nathan Fillion being Wonder Man? Originally, he, Simon Williams was supposed to make a cameo appearance in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and they had cast Nathan Fillion to play him, but mm-hmm. the role was ultimately cut. Mm. So that's why you're seeing that. Okay. This has been a heavy Guardians 2 episode. <laughs> yes, it has. And there is one other thing that popped up that I just saw today, because it just happened today. Speaking with Games Radar, Kevin Feige revealed that we are going to get more of an answer soon as to the, what the MCU's next big saga is. I saw that too. His yeah, exact quote that. was, as we're nearing the end of Phase 4, I think people will start to see where this next saga is going. Are we nearing the end of end Phase, of phase four? 4? Well... Important thing to keep in mind, when they originally announced Phase 4, back when, you know, it was supposed to end in 2021, the last installments they announced were Thor, Love and Thunder, and Hawkeye, and then they just kept adding stuff. So, we don't actually know when Phase 4 is going to end. If we consider that it's been going for a year and a half, I guess it would make sense if it ended either with 2022 or some point in 2023, but who actually knows at this point? (laughs) Hmm. But, what he said, to continue his quote, I think there have been many clues already that are at least apparent to me of where this whole saga is going, but we'll be a little more direct about that in the coming months to set a plan, so audiences who want to see the bigger picture can see a tiny, tiny, tiny bit more of the roadmap. And that's interesting because in the coming months, the stuff that's coming out are Thor Love and Thunder, Black Panther, She-Hulk, Maybe What If, Maybe Secret Invasion, and Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Hmm. So, what? That's a lot of ground to cover. It, it's is. more of it's more of which one of these could possibly contain a bigger hint as to where things are going. You know. Yeah. Hmm. Right. You want to go on to trailers? Yeah, let's do the trailers. Moving on, to trailers. We have got. First up, there were not a lot this week, and nothing new, really, but we did get a dub trailer and an August 19th release date in the U.S. for Dragon Ball Super Superhero. Still don't care about it. (laughs) Fair. I I was gonna say, it's like, this looks cool. It's unfortunate that I really don't care about Dragon Ball. (laughs) Well, I kind of care, and I'm just gonna say, I'm, I'm more excited now that I can actually understand where things are going, because the last trailer did not have subtitles. Right. I will say, like, I'm really excited for the next movie that we are talking about, uh, Inuo. That looks good. That yeah. looks cool. And hey, uh, it explained what's going on. <laughs> and I love the tagline from the rap that's in the movie. The best feudal Japanese hair metal demonic curse serial killer political tragedy rock opera of the year. <laughs> Which sounds like damning by faint praise, but damn if it doesn't make me interested. Yeah, it looks like a good time. Yeah, sign me up. That sounds like a very interesting movie. We talked about this last week, so or I think a couple weeks ago. So 
it, it um, it's good to have some more context to wonder what the plot is actually going to be about. Now that it's a band movie, I kind of want to see it. So, and then we also got a new trailer for Bros. And Bro- Bros looks great. <laughs> it does, but I kind of wonder now that we're getting more of it, is it is it in bad taste? I can't tell. I was actually thinking about that when I watched the trailer. Uh, Billy Eichner is gay. You guys know that, right? Fair yeah. actor. So no, it's. So what's funny is that I was actually kind of thinking about that, um, because it was with this particular trailer, I did actually have the thought of, even though it looks funny and like a good time, I hope that the entire movie, as far as tone and how it carries itself, isn't just all of this, um, if that makes sense. It, it was kind of a thing of, and it kind of harks back to the first trailer, where it's like, what, you want me to make a movie where that attracts like straight people to watch a movie about gay people? And watching the obviously i have absolutely zero frame of reference for what does and doesn't happen within the gay community when it comes to their media especially but it was kind of a thing of like yeah this trailer is very much like going for that and that was kind of the thing of like i kind of thought sat there and went i don't know if this is in bad taste in general or bad taste if you are like lgbtq i am extremely curious to see like how um the LGBTQ community responds to the movie as more and more comes out. Otherwise, it does look like a good time. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I definitely, I haven't soured on it or anything. I, I'm still looking forward to it. It still looks really funny, and I'm still planning on going to see it, playing into the idea of, haha, yep, it's a, it's a movie making fun of the idea of making a movie about gay people that straight people would want to see that at least this straight person wants to see. Yes. It's a gay rom-com, so it looks funny. Yeah. Yeah, no, it definitely does. I am wondering if maybe it's not... Some of the jokes... I can't can't weigh in. Obviously, I cannot weigh in. It feels like it might be looming into unfortunate stereotypical territory, but I don't know. I just don't know. I'm still going to go see it, though. So let's just wait and see what the what the LGBT community how they respond to that trailer. Yeah, yeah. It, I really ought to pay more attention to the discourse on this movie because all I've all I've done is watch the trailers and be like, oh, this looks cool. It is a thing of I will say, kind of on a similar thing with that. I did kind of pick up. It's like, okay, this is very much like definitely picking up on a lot of the um, styles and tropes of the like insane balls to the wall and honestly not up my particular out um alley like silly rom-coms yeah and i do and i and if that's what they're going for i do think that works out just because it is the kind of thing where since it is so without trying to sound like too much of an asshole since it is like so like low brow and a lot of those kind of movies that will do the most to bring in more of a general audience so if that's what they're going for it's definitely a smart move i would say so yeah Looking forward okay. to it, seeing how people respond to it. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm curious to see how it's going to get response as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I guess what's left is Puss in Boots: The Last Wish got a new trailer, and it looks fun. I yeah, see it. <laughs> I like it better than the first trailer. I like using basically retiring with a crazy cat lady as a metaphor for actual retirement. Yeah. Goldilocks yeah. and the Three Bears gang looks amazing. It looks legitimately like straight out of something like out of Fables. It looks like, you know, <laughs> oh. and Goldilocks in Fables is one of my favorite characters. So, like, ooh. 
Ooh, I'm just excited. I like the idea of her being like kind of like this this mercenary, this uh, basically like bounty hunters going after. What was that? The big the big bad wolf as well. I think. Yeah, yeah I think that I think it's supposed to be the big bad wolf, but uh, it looks very good. The action looks crisp. Uh, the animation style is gorgeous. I really like the style they're using for this. Um, and yeah, no, I'm definitely going to be in the theaters for that one. Yeah, I'm not super crazy about the animation style. It feels like because it, it it's not. It doesn't feel consistent enough to be the same kind of thing that Into the Spider-Verse was going for. Like, sometimes okay, the animation I'm... is really fluid, and then sometimes it yeah. feels like it's dropped at 30 frames per second. Okay, I actually wanted to bring that up, but I'm glad you're not the only person who thought that. It seemed like it was kind of emulating Spider-Verse, but trying to be higher quality, which is kind of weird because Spider-Verse very, like, it went out of its way to have its animation style because it was... They said it's like we want it to be like comic booky without it being too jarring. Yeah. But in, the, but in the case of Puss of Boots, it was kind of weird because it was like kind of consistent, 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 and it felt like a random like thirty frames drop would happen like every now and again. It's like, oh, that's kind of weird. It's definitely not. Well, they'll fix that in post. It's still got time before it comes out. Hopefully, it it was one of those things where it doesn't like it's not bad per se. But it was kind of weird, and it was a bit jarring on the occasions that it happened. But otherwise, it looks like a good time. We're going to talk about Lightyear. Yeah, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. No, I no. wish. Eh. I would have had a much better time if I this was Buzz this Lightyear movie. Star Command. I enjoyed this movie. It's a great date movie, by the way. I'm sure. <laughs> I enjoyed it fine, but I have. we'll get into it. I have a chip on my shoulder about this one. Oh, I Okay, let's go right into it. Okay. Spoilers, by the way. For this well, not, brand new well not yet. Well, not yet, not yet. Oh, okay, fair enough. We okay. can start with non-spoilers. I mean, non-spoilers. It's, it's fine. The, the cast is all good. Chris Evans is a good Buzz Lightyear, and I can see where... Yeah, they it's similar enough to Tim Allen's take, where it's like, yeah, this is... I can see this. In parts, it sounded like him. It sounded, it sounded, like, I mean, he... Yeah, it did sound like him. He didn't do it, like, a, obviously, it's a different take completely, but I love the opening scroll for the movie makes... It, it's the movie that inspired that that inspired the toy line that Andy bought. So it's based. It's the movie that Andy watched in the original Toy Story that made him want to get the Buzz Lightyear doll. So it's and a completely different character. Issue. Why? <laughs> so why do you have a problem with that? This does not feel like a movie that would. A. It doesn't feel like a movie that would be made in 1995. B. It doesn't feel like a movie that would prompt a presumably 10 or so year old kid to really really want an action figure because it's a little too it's a little too ponderous to really i feel like grasp a younger kid's attention especially to that degree and it's so baffling to me because you could have just marketed this as the remake that andy would bring his kid to see and it would fit so much better because this does not aesthetically it doesn't feel like a movie from the 90s Writing-wise, dialogue-wise, it doesn't. Story-plot-point-wise, it definitely doesn't, because I guarantee you, no mid-90s kids movie is going to feel the need to explain where he got the laser from, why he has a jetpack. Any any 90s animated kids movie would just be like, oh, he just has those things, he's a space ranger, keep up. We're getting into the action. This just feels like nostalgia bait, and I don't mean that in a bad way, I just mean it doesn't feel like it's for its intended purpose of this is the movie that Andy saw. I think you're taking it a little too literally. Like, here's the thing. I, they say this is the movie that Andy saw, 
But it, they don't mean that literally. Like, okay, so... They do. I think taking those words literally is kind of... like Here's what I said. I, I liked the movie because it was fun, and it hit all the beats of, of Buzz Lightyear for me. That was like, okay, yeah, I can imagine this being... Like, I, I, I yes, of course they're not going to talk about a gay and lesbian couple in 1995. That doesn't happen. Or, like, why would you, why would you, a young kid want to watch a movie about, like, time paradoxes and shit in, like, 1995? And would they want to get a toy line, a, a toy of it? No. The Zerg is different. Everything's different. It's, it's a completely different take on the Buzz Lightyear origin story. It's not... I, I do agree with you if it was marketed... But that's not... Here's the thing. They they just wanted to get people in the seat with it's it's Buzz Lightyear and I, I, it is a little deceptive, but I don't think it was that big of a deal to me. I had a good time and I enjoyed the movie. Mm, I don't know. It just it, it. I'm just saying it. It wouldn't kill them to make a more actiony movie that feels like it would have come out in the '90s, or acknowledge that you don't need to do that because Buzz Lightyear Star Command already exists. And part of why this irritates me is that the director has said, "Oh no." Buzz Lightyear of Star Command is now a cartoon and a made-for-TV movie based on this movie, and the toys are based on the cartoon. So, it just feels like way too much explanation for something that didn't need to be this complicated and doesn't really matter. Well, that's the thing. It only matters if you want it to matter. I wanted to watch it because it was Buzz Lightyear and it was a new Pixar movie. I could give two shits, even if it wasn't Buzz Lightyear and it was just another, like, space movie. Yeah, would it probably, like, had, had taken more to sell me to go see the movie? Probably. Uh, and yes, I'm I'm obviously biased because Toy Story is one of my top five favorite movies of all time, and I have huge nostalgic goggles for it. I will admit that 100%. <laughs> um, it is one of my favorite movies of all time. I I don't think that Disney's going or Pixar. Pixar is not creatively that what they were in 1995. They are nah, completely no. devoid of all crea- creative creativity now. This is a very, I mean, I like the movie a lot, but it did hit a lot of the same story beats they've been hitting in a lot of their other movies. The originality, the the all of that is gone now. I'm go- I know what I'm getting into of a Pixar movie. It, it's it's going to be the same story beats, the same kind of like they they don't make they're not going to go through the effort of making a movie like feel like it's from 1995 anymore. That's not the Pixar of today. At least for me, I mean, I did enjoy the movie overall. I liked it quite a lot. It was mm-hmm. very fun. It was fairly comedic. It wasn't like too far in either direction of being uncomfortable or obnoxious, but also like not too like okay, a bit too happy go lucky. I do think that. I don't have the same problems with the title card that you do, Cody, but I do think it's very much one of those things where they could have removed it and it wouldn't either hurt or help the movie in either direction for me. I will say, though, the one thing, there were a couple things that bugged me about that, one of which being kind of in a writing side of things, it's one of those things where it does, for a movie set in 95, there are definitely a lot of cues of like more modern humor, more modern, like, like talking points but which the is movie not isn't set in 20 in, 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 in 1995 no, it's not but set it's... in 1995 it's set in like 20 whatever whatever the, the galactic future is it's, it's like star wars it's a galaxy in an in, inexplainable time and place it's it's so, which is which is fine but it is still a thing of like they do they do in a capacity make the point of even if the movie itself isn't set in that time period it is still airing in that time period so at least to some degree it's a product of the time that being said, it's kind of fun in the ways that it does like solidify that. I do remember like one particular scene where 
there's like an AOL startup sound. And that did get a small giggle out of me because <laughs> I was like, "Okay, there we go." <laughs> and there were a couple other, th- there were a With couple socks, other things right? like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were a couple other things. It is kind of one of those things where. I guess my problem with that, if I do have anything, is that all of the things that detract from that are objectively in their own bubbles, not bad things. There were very few instances of those where they were bad, but I do think that having that title card there did kind of make it where it's like, okay, this does kind of take away from the um, status of this taking place when in the 90s. I don't, but Uh, it's not taking place in the 90s. It's the same way that Star Trek had, like, Star Trek was airing in the 60s and 70s and it tackled things way beyond its time, like racism and sex, and like, all these really ridiculous heady topics, and I know that this is supposed to be marketed to And only nerds gave a shit. Yeah, but that that's yeah. that's the same thing with animated animated movies and shit like this. I I don't know. I feel I feel like they were going for that kind of feel. Oh no, absolutely they were. But it's still kind of the thing where, even though I really enjoyed it, like my favorite part of that was very much the um, the the um, LGBTQ um, family scene. I loved that. That was great. They handled that great because it shows it's like it's completely normal. But it is still kind of thing of in the back of my head. It's like there's no way this would have flown in a '95 kids movie. Unfortunately, well, yeah, but that's the thing. It's not a '95 kids movie. It's not. It a, is though. It's they not a '95 it kids movie. It's not. And even if it is a '95 kids movie, it's set in a far off future in whatever galaxy distant. They don't. The ever title give card it... said this is the movie he saw in '95. But why you are can't you so say angry that's about that? That's such because a small... it doesn't work. Ladies and gentlemen, we are having our first fight. <laughs> it's such a small thing to be upset about because, like, they're obviously going to make it have modern themes in it. They're not going to make it actually to, be set in 1995 to modern audiences. These they, nobody gives a shit. Uh, like, like, then it's don't so call small. it a 95 movie. It's not a 95 movie. They say it is. Ow. Dude, what the fuck is wrong, dude? It's like calm you're down. literally saying they're not saying this, but they are saying it. Even if it is, it's like Star Trek. It's like tackling things far off in the distant future, indiscriminately. It's not supposed to be something that big of a deal. And this kind of reinforces why I said if they took that out, it wouldn't have hurt, but wouldn't have been bad either. Like, there, like nothing would have been lost if that wasn't there. And it's so insistent on, there's so many Toy Story, co- like, this doesn't feel like this is what inspired the Buzz Lightyear of Toy Story, it's, we're aping Toy Story Buzz Lightyear to retroactively explain it. That whole opening bit where he's doing the mission log, and it's just, ground seems a bit unstable, and there seems to be no sign of intelligent life anywhere, it's just, ha! Get it? Like in the movie? In the Toy Story movie? Well, yeah, they're gonna yeah. call back, it's nostalgia bait. That's, that's an entire, like you said, this movie does actually, it does have nostalgia bait in it. I'm, I was happy when they did stuff like that, like, I mean, I, I saw it and I was like, oh yeah, I know what they're doing with it, like, did it need to happen? No, but they did it because it's a nostalgia bait movie, and this is the movie that people who grew up watching Toy Story take their kids to. And that, that that's the whole point of it. It's 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 like And they could have just said that's what this movie is to Andy, the thing he's taking his kid to see based on the thing that he liked, and that would fit what this movie actually is a lot more than what they present it as. If, if it's a remake or if it isn't a remake, it doesn't really affect the tone of the movie. It's just a movie that's set in the I don't understand why that's such a big deal to you. Because intent matters. What they intend to make is important in defining whether or not they hit the mark on it. And if they intended to I make the movie... I feel like they hit the mark on it as a kid's movie that was... It's like, if you set out to make Citizen Kane, 
and you make I don't know. <laughs> hold on, hold on. No, I if love you Citizen set out Kane, to, so if you set out to make Citizen Kane and you make I don't know the first Iron Man, that's fine. But it does mean that you failed in making Citizen Kane. This is not Citizen and Kane. This is a fucking kids movie. No. Point I, is, I, if you I go into it. If you go into it saying, I'm going to make the movie that Andy would have seen, and you make a movie that is not that, but is the movie that people who watch Toy Story and would like to see the movie that Andy had seen, it is not the same thing, and you shouldn't act like it is, especially not when the thing that Andy would have seen as a kid already exists, and it's called Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. Does that still exist in the Toy Story lore, though? Yes! yes! It still exists the opening still of Buzz Lightyear of Star Command is the toys freaking out about getting to watch Buzz Lightyear oh, of Star that's Command! Right. I completely forgot about that part. So, you want to know why it matters to me? Because this movie, under the guidelines of what they wanted it to be, not only isn't that, but it would be completely unnecessary if it was. I liked it! It was a good space movie. That's all I really have it's to say. Fine. I, it I had a good time like watching it. It feels like they were making a completely unrelated space movie, and then somebody with giant mouse ears, couldn't imagine who, was looming <laughs> over their shoulders saying, But how can we tie this into a pre-existing IP? <laughs> because that's Disney. That's everything Disney does. That's that's literally everything they do nowadays. And, and Luca, even the Soul, Turning Red, all of which probably... Okay, maybe not Turning Red, because I couldn't get more than 12 minutes in, but I do think Luca <laughs> and Soul deserved a theatrical release... More than this one. This one could have very easily just gone straight I, to Disney+. Plus. I do agree with you. This probably could have gone straight to Disney+, Plus, and that probably wouldn't be that big of a deal. But I think I would have been upset if this went straight to Disney+, Plus. honestly. I, 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 enj I enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed all the timey-wimey bullshit. I, told, I, I enjoyed the redesigns for all the characters. I really liked the redesign for, like... The suits for Star Command, like like of all the ground soldiers and stuff, they all look like they're wearing like Warhammer Warhammer 40k armor. It's funny as hell. <laughs> it did look like this weird mix of like Warhammer and Halo. It's like, very kind of like chunky. It's very yeah. chunky. And I do want to point out there is one big thing about this movie that is really dragging me down, but we'll get into it in spoilers. I just want to say that like and it's and it is stupid. There is a stupid reason why I'm upset about this, but it's going to keep haunting me. But there is a reason. So, oh boy, I don't know if I can take this, man. <laughs> socks was good. I like socks. So I enjoyed socks because this is the first time, at least to my recollection, that I've seen a character that has clearly been made to sell toys actually be worthwhile. <laughs> I'd say Baby Groot was also that, but yeah, socks was much more worthwhile. For socks me. actually had a direct influence into the plot, other than just being a comedic relief character, and. Yes, he was there for, like, kids... He was there to be the Jar Jar Binks, the haha -ha funny kids toy, but, like, he was also actually a part, important part of the plot. I bought and... you five minutes. Yeah, that, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, that was great. That was great. Those moments yeah. were great. I feel like Socks is the one character where he... It's not perfect parallels, but I can draw parallels between, like, Izzy and Mira Nova. I can draw parallels between whatever Taika Waititi's character was called and Booster kind of and a little bit of XR and then not so much with not so much with the on parole lady character but I can also draw a couple more there but Socks feels wholly original and I like that I think part of the reason why you're angry about this whole like thing is cuz like 
I never watched Star Command growing up. I didn't watch it any, not even a single episode about it. So this to me was completely devoid. I, I had no nostalgia for that show, meaning that I could enjoy this show without rose tinted glasses. Well, it's kind of like, I don't know, I feel like it's the opposite of rose tinted glasses because it's me getting mad at this show because the show is, or it's me getting mad at this movie because this movie is objectively redundant. Because it's kind of like, I saw The Hustle. And I did not know that the movie Dirty Rotten Scoundrels existed, and that The Hustle was basically just gender swap that. So when I saw the movie, I was like, why does everybody... This movie got a really bad critical rating, I don't understand. This is a decent movie. And then I found out Dirty Rotten Scoundrels existed as, oh, okay, because... Yeah, this movie already exists. Lots of Hollywood does, let's be honest. It is. It is. It is 100%. Can I just... Can I talk about the legendary Sand Hamwich? That 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 yeah that Does was. Does that a... count as a spoiler? Are we in spoilers? We should just go. In, let's just go full into spoilers at this point. This yeah, we're all right. In. I mean, everybody else liked it. I'm the asshole, so feel free to go. You know, go see it if you want. Go see it if you want anyway, regardless of what I say. Honestly, but... it, like regardless of what we say, it is absolutely worth watching. I think I think it's a good movie. It's one of the better Pixar movies to come out. I think. Hold on for Disney Plus, but. I think it, I think mm-hmm. it's a Disney Plus release for sure. I think if you you you, you can wait yeah. until it goes on Disney Plus for sure and not miss much. I will go back to what Greg was talking about a little bit a bit ago before we got in our scuffle. Yeah, about the um the diegetic LGBT relationship because that was a huge controversy that got it banned in multiple countries. But like, oh my kiss, god, the kissing yeah. question was like less than a second. I didn't even see it. And I didn't either. There was a what? <laughs> Wait, there was a kiss? There was a kiss. There was like a quick little peck. I peck. completely missed that. I missed it too, but apparently everybody had a, was up in a tizzy about it, and like, like the whole scene made sense. It was diegetic. The only thing that they did differently was they made it a lesbian couple instead of a, a, a straight couple. It, it had an actual, like, reason to exist. It, it, it showed time going, you know, passing. Yeah. It showed what, what, t- what Buzz was losing from... It, it, this movie was, was interstellar light. <laughs> and, and the fucked up thing is that it's the first it was the first like moment and a really good moment of driving home like what was going to be the central theme of hey you're missing out on a lot especially yeah. when buzz says it's like you got engaged to someone you just met and it's like buzz i met her three years ago it's like right oh. it, it drove the point it drove the point along with, with, without making it feel like it's a for, it was very diegetic to the plot it didn't it was a reason to it didn't feel like most like most of the times when there's an LGBTQ character, it's just forced in there. I mean, like it's it's literally thrown in there to check off a box. But like this was a character that I feel like they they wrote really well and they did it in a decent way where it didn't feel like, it was diegetic to the plot and actually had purpose for it. Yeah. So like when that whole bit happened, I did internally go, "Oh no, I I know what's gonna happen." And even though it's a bit obvious, it's still gonna get real sad, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, they literally pulled an interstellar with this. The, the opening of the movie is very interstellar-like. <laughs> yeah. I um, I did enjoy kind of like the dichotomy of the whole like time travel thing. How for Buzz, what happens in a few minutes takes several years, like where he's where he's from. This is all. This has been a thing in theoretical physics for a while, the whole time dilation thing. Yeah. Why are they surprised by it? Um, but they probably weren't expecting it. Uh, you know, I... Well, it's like, in the movie, they establish that the whole hyperspeed thing is still a theory at best. Uh, I thought the ship was already in basically hyperspeed when they were going to the planet no, in the, the first place. No, the hyperdrive is specifically used to escape the position, uh, to to escape um, 
you know, escape threats, basically. It's kind of like jumping into hyperspace in in Star Wars. They use it usually to get either to point A to point B very quickly. Like, because they were floating for, like, quite a while in, in, what what was it called? The onion? What was it called? The The turnip. turnip. Yeah. They were like a root vegetable. They were (laughs) floating. They were floating in the turnip for quite a while, kind of like aliens, where they had cryopods, where they just had the whole crew in there, and then when they needed them, they, they you know, robots automatically took them out of cryospace, uh, cry- cryostasis, so uh, I, I feel like the, the hyperdrive was only used for, like, emergency situations, one of them being, we're trapped on a fucking planet, let's go home. Yeah, <laughs> plus it's also a thing of, I want, I want to say that they do, I feel like it's either one or the other, of either it's not used on the ship, or it is, but I feel like it's one of those things where it's used as a ship on the ship more as a tool, but because they use it as a tool, they don't necessarily understand the ramifications that come with it. It kind of reminded me of, and this is, I fully admit, very nerdy and very off topic, basically how torpedoes came to be. Where mm-hmm. it's like where it's like when torpedoes were imprinted, the basic thought process was, okay, if we we put bombs on a fast moving tube that's that um, swims and it sinks ships, and it wasn't until later that we figured out, I was like, yes, that works, but you need to make sure that it, like, knows where it's going, and uh, can track it, and, like, actually explodes when it hits something. <laughs> so, um, all that kind of other stuff, too. That's kind of what that whole thing reminded me of, in hmm. a sense. Let's take a divot and talk about the climax of the film. How does everybody feel about the Zerg reveal? I don't like it. I don't really like it either, but it wasn't terrible i i just don't i think it was kind of corny i do respect the attempt to mix it up but i don't think it was done particularly well for me it was kind of a thing of like i i see what they're trying to do here and i get it and i respect the attempt but overall it's like i don't think it was necessarily bad but it also didn't hit anything either if that makes sense zerg to me is a microcosm of this movie failing to be what it claims it wants to be because the problem is if this is the first installment of anything light year mm-hmm. like this is the origin point everything else the toy the tv show all based on this there is no reason for zerg's identity to be any kind of actual twist because we're just introduced to him yeah it's interesting and i understand the thematic resonance of trying to deconstruct buzz's mission at all cost mentality and how he's the ultimate sort of symbol of letting things pass you by, not seeing the forest or the trees, trying so hard to fix something that you're letting everything slip away when you could salvage the mistake because you're too busy trying to undo it. But Zerg being a twist villain with the twist being that it's older Buzz just does not work unless you're expecting something different from Zerg than just evil robot leader, which only makes sense if you're already familiar with Zerg. So to me, this is like the ultimate, this does not work as the movie that Andy saw because if it did, there would be no point in having a Zerg twist. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get into any more about the, the whole 1995 thing and I, I just, to me, it just, it, I, I think you're reading too much into that aspect than anything else. Than then they shouldn't have put it, it right at the start of the movie. <laughs> My whole thing with the Zerg thing is more than anything else when they were when as they were introducing him, especially when they when old Buzz um, says it's like 
oh yeah, they can't pronounce buzz, so they just go with Zerg. It's like, eh, sequel bait. That's the best <laughs> you can come up with? Yeah, really? it's like, with that and the Zs on their chest, it's like, okay, alright, I think I know where this is going. We're this, going, there's a real Zerg out there. Yeah, because no, then it gets even weirder is. because they set that idea up with the idea that he found the future tech and everything. They set everything up to oh, there's a real Zerg out there, and then the final post credits is him seemingly waking up in the suit anyway, implying he's still Zerg. Which what? There was a final post credit. I didn't even watch that. I yeah, it was three. it was at the very end. Like you had to wait until after the final Pixar gag. Yeah, fuck that. Um, no. Yeah, yeah, I was out. Well, well, the other part that did it for me was when he goes, is like when old young Buzz go, "Where did you get this?" And he's like, "I, uh, I borrowed it, and I made my own modifications." It's like, oh boy, <laughs> here we go. That's kind of the thing of like for me when that happened. It's like, all right, if they're not going to introduce Zerg, like actual Zerg, before the end of the movie, they're definitely already setting up for. Another one. I don't know. I thought the movie was fine. I had a good time watching it. I enjoyed it. I don't know if it, if it gets a sequel, I'm probably not going to watch it. It doesn't deserve a sequel. It was kind of a one-off kind of movie. I don't really, you know. This is one of those weird movies for me where I wouldn't necessarily mind a sequel, per se. I would, I would watch I, it, I, I but would, like... Ugh. I would prefer if a sequel wasn't made, because I don't think the movie needs it. But it's still a thing of like, okay... You've clearly set up for a sequel, but it feels like you haven't done enough to deserve a sequel, if that makes sense. It, it, it's at least not as train wreck as an idea of a Joker 2, but that's... that's. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I, I'll i give it that. <laughs> that's that's just this... Unfortunately, that's just a case of dollar bill, y'all. Dollar bill, y'all. Dollar, 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 dollar bill, y'all. Uh, I love that song, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's one of those things where like, for me it's just like, alright, I see what you're trying to do, I don't hate it, but I don't think you deserve it either. Not because you've done anything wrong, but just because you haven't done enough work. I know I sound like a middle school teacher right now, but that's <laughs> kind of how I felt. I spent enough time bitching about this movie, and I will say something that I actually really, really liked about it. Go for mm. it. And that is the legendary Sand Hamwich. <laughs> oh boy. So... Long ago, I joked about a hypothetical sandwich that was meat, bread, meat, and what would you call such a monstrosity? And I, I, I think I thought logically it should be called a witch ham sand, but I settled on a hand sandwich because, well, it just sounds funnier. Never did I think I would see such a thing in any major motion picture. <laughs> Except getting it out of the vending machine, and then Buzz just trying to explain, and and I don't necessarily know if the bit works, because even after a hundred years, come on, the sandwich is not going to change, but it's really funny listening to them give him shit about bread, meat, bread. (laughs) Meanwhile, I think me and Christina, our friend Christina, were like kind of next to you, and you were laughing, and I think both of us were just like, oh, that's disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) It is! It's the worst idea ever, especially because Buzz sets it down on a table at one point, and it's like, I would never eat that sandwich again, because now... 
Now the meat juice is picking up all the tasting dirt. This is disgusting. Uh, it reminded me of like when KFC had the chicken sandwich where the buns were just two other pieces of chicken. It's just like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that works because at least the chicken is breaded and it's not wet and slimy. Mm. But like, uh, imagine <laughs> a ham sandwich where the bread pieces are ham and then you set it down on a table where God knows who's been doing what on top of that table. <laughs> terrible idea but it made me laugh a lot yes well, the final thing i was going to talk about was in regards to socks because i didn't get a chance to love on socks um besides how funny and how like wonderful he was he actually did something in the movie that i really appreciated and it was a thing of really driving home how big deal the um the whole time travel thing is while doing it in a funny way that doesn't take away from anything in particular during the bit where he figures out the secret formula for the hyperspace fuel. And Buzz <laughs> yeah, it Light took me 62 years. Yeah, and it's a thing of, like, this is equal parts funny and also really drives home how fucked this is at the same time without taking anything away from the funny or the fucked up. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> Socks kind of, to me, felt like 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 Borderlands 1 clock drop. Yeah, except <laughs> actually funny. Uh, actually <laughs> I'm sorry, I love Claptrap as a character, but it's still not funny a lot of the time to me. <laughs> Cody, any final thoughts on this movie? I'm going to say final thoughts will bring me the real Zerg. Yes. Gotcha. There we we'll go. We'll have to wait till Lightyear 2 gets inevitably announced. And I watch I, it on Disney Plus instead. I yep. would say our overall thoughts are movie is like not like War and Peace, but at least worth seeing. Oh yeah, like I don't even aggressively hate it, I just... I have I have one very big singular problem with it. But otherwise, and the movie's a good yeah, time. Yeah, it's fine. It just doesn't necessarily feel like it needed to be a lightyear movie to begin with, but it's fine. So I guess we should probably start with Obi-Wan, since we did that first last week, yeah, I guess. Obi-Wan is... well, Obi-Wan. I like this episode better than the previous two but I also am increasingly feeling like this should have just been a movie like it was originally supposed to be. I hated this episode. I fucking hated that... We're going straight into spoilers, right? It's just the whole point of this. It's episode five. I don't care. I absolutely hate that she ended up actually being a, um, a, a survivor of the Jedi Temple. It was so... Like, we were making jokes about it in episode one or two. It's like... <sighs> I was right, so I feel vindicated. <laughs> it's just a stupid fucking story poll. I hate it. It's so stupid. I, I, I just, I, I did not enjoy it. I did not enjoy any of the revelations this episode. What specifically makes it stupid? So, why would Anakin let her live? Why would Anakin actually let her live? She said to, sh oh, I hid, but. He's not gonna let someone survive that. He's go he he can sense out their life force and fucking end her. Like I don't know why he let her live unless he saw the dark side in her. I guess that might be like the only way that they can explain it away. But like obviously Vader doesn't like her. Vader used her as a tool. So like it wasn't necessarily like I don't know unless unless Vader saw something in her to keep her alive. I I don't know why Vader would you know why why Anakin would just like not kill him her on spot. I wouldn't put it past Vader to be like, I let you live just so I could get some momentary amusement out of this moment right here. <laughs> I've been working on this bit for, like, ten years now. And you know what? 
worth it. it, it I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, the Anakin and, and, and Obi-Wan stuff was cool to see them again on screen again. I think I, I agree with a lot of people that Deepfake isn't that great, but like it's serviceable. I don't have an issue with it. I, I just think it was kind of... Like, I agree with you. I think this whole this whole series could have been condensed into a two-hour-long movie as a prequel movie, and that could have been it. Especially because it looks like we're going to Luke's in danger on Tatooine anyway, yeah, so... Yeah, it's, like, great. Oh, boy. You know, it was fine. That was absolutely fine of a twist to go to when I thought that was what the series was going to be about. Mm -hmm. But once you dangled an alternative in front of me, all that happens is now I'm very disappointed and annoyed that that's what you're sticking me with. And she's she's going to survive based off of hate because that's what the Sith do. Go and try to kidnap Luke because Luke, you know, is... Now she knows that Luke has stakes in it and I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm just kind of over this shit series. Like it's it it is, it is, ru. It, it, it I wouldn't say ruined Obi Wan's character, but like it, I care a lot less about him in this than I have. Like he feels, I don't know. I there there has to. I don't know. To me, it lost the magic. I I, I feel like this show didn't really. It kind of just feels like everyone's telephoning it in. Um, it, it just feels like something that literally was just made for the bottom dollar which it yes it was it's disney they have to make money but like i don't know there's no passion in it it just feels bland it just feels it feels like something i'm not i'm not super interested in it, to be honest i don't know i liked it fine ish mostly because we got some really good stuff in here not just the obi-wan anakin duel that kind of juxtaposed what's going on here but we also got Vader demonstrating how fucking stupid the Inquisitor's weapons are. I, I agree. That's good shit. Yeah, I liked I like I liked seeing Reva get her get her ass handed to her. She needed to have that happen to her. That was the only outcome, especially yeah. once it turns out. Oh no, I've actually been doing all this. That to try was and fucking kill Vader. stupid it's too. Like, that was a dumb revelation. I'm like, I get it, but that's so fucking stupid. It's like, what'd you think was gonna happen? And then Vader just lets her keep trying, and even hands her a light- He just- he just snaps the lightsaber in two hands her one, and is like, okay, now try. I swear I'm taking this seriously. That's why I feel like- I know Vader's not a funny guy, but I could honestly see him in the moment deciding, I'm gonna set up this bit. <laughs> He's kind of a shit this poster. Is, He's kind of like- This is what the whole thing is leading up to. You know what? He is kind of a shit poster. He did. He had to be careful not to choke on your aspirations, director. Moment. Yeah, I um, I I um, I don't know. This uh, is just Vader going. Give me a reason. Give me a fucking reason. Give me a I reason. Swear. Does it? Yeah. It, I like the. You know, I I don't know. I like uh, who's the who's the 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 leader of the resistance? Not that. What's her name? The uh. The other guy. Roken. I want to say. Roken is. Yeah. He, I like him a lot. I think he's cool. Yeah, I like his yeah. character a lot. He feels like more like a more of a natural leader than she is. I, I I feel like you know if anyone was going to lead the beginnings of the Republic at this point, it, it would be him. I know that we've got what's his what's his name from Rogue One. We have a whole series about him, uh, and I guarantee you, some of these characters will probably show up in that. But like, yeah. Oh, and then I also like that Obi Wan trying to stall with negotiations. Andor, is such a gr is such a well known tactic at this point that everybody in the empire can apparently see it coming. Well, yeah, yeah, they're like, oh yeah, well, it's obviously oh, it's this... a stalling tactic. 
It's this bit? Okay. Because of course they know. Vader's like, that's... Vader's probably just thinking, that's the oldest trick in your book. Are you serious? <laughs> I don't know. Like, this series to me, I just... I, 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 I feel like it needs to be over with. I'm glad it's a limited series. I'm glad we only have one more episode left. I just want to see what Oh, they're, they're teasing gonna... season two. How do you make a season two out of this, though? You you shouldn't. You shouldn't. But... Like... This this show didn't even deserve its first season. Like you said, it should have been a prequel movie, with, like they did with with Solo, um, on Anakin. You know, to set up like, or sorry, Obi Wan to set up the you know the rivalry that goes into four, and that would have been it. Like that would have been fine. You know, and I I have no problem with Moses Ingram as the you know as a person or an actress or an actor. Yeah, the acting's fine. The actor's it's just okay. The character's, the character's insufferable. <laughs> The char- Insufferable, not even an entertaining way, and even the satisfaction of watching Vader completely own her in a fight is undone by realizing she is going to return as an enemy in Episode 6 to menace Luke, where she's just going to go down anyway because, well, nothing can happen to Luke because it's plot Episode armor. 4. <laughs> so, it's like, congratulations. All the mystique and any any interest I had in this character is now gone because I've gotten the thing I wanted, which is Vader to kick her ass and illustrate you were never even on my radar. Like we we already know what's going to happen. Like like, like that's the thing. There's there's no surprise. There's no like intrigue. It's it with with Solo at least like there are some things in Han Solo's story that we knew, but there's a lot of gray area, and that kind of cleared it up. With Obi, it was pretty much we knew his entire story already anyway. It, it, it feels yeah. like it wasn't needed. Like, you know, like, Solo at least had a purpose. Um, you know, And I'm glad they didn't do anything further with that, although we're probably getting a Lando show at some point. And even even Solo, like, I think Solo got a little too explainy at points. It did. There were definitely things that I rolled my eyes at going, oh, really? But the thing is, at least Solo wasn't set during a point where we know only so much can happen. Like, with Solo, okay, his whole past is kind of a blank slate at this point. I don't remember if they went into it in Legends, but now that the Expanded Universe kind of wiped that all away, they could do whatever. But with Obi-Wan, it's like, oh, this is when he's on Tatooine. So very emphatically, he cannot bring too much attention to himself. Right. Or if he does, it has to get undone at the end, and he has to. Everybody has to be convinced that he's dead. So, great, great, absolutely cool. I don't know. Like, the, I, I'm, I'm just ready for this show to be over with. We've got one more episode. Let's see how they're gonna wrap it up. And it's, oh, I hope a season two is not in the works. It does not deserve a season two. We'll see. I don't know. Um, pushing into the other series, if you want to just do a complete pivot. Um, yeah, let's just go into Miss Marvel episode two. I thought the second episode was a lot better than the first episode. I, I still am. I I I don't hate the show. Like, here's the thing with me: I don't hate the show. It's just I don't feel like it's my demographic, and I don't have any attachment. So like, mm. I I I I watched it. I thought I thought it was actually a better episode. A lot more happened in this episode that got me interested. Um. I liked her learning her powers. I liked all that stuff. I, I actually do like some of the side characters. But to me, I watched three seasons of Degrassi The New Order, whatever it was called, the the, the Netflix Degrassi show uh, that was made for millennials. I, I liked it. I actually really liked it. It's fun. It's stupid. It, but it has the same 
sort of feel that this show has and it just to me it's like it puts it off of being a marvel show to me it's like it's more like a a cw show (laughs) i do like episode one a lot better than episode two mostly because the adults are giving a lot more leeway i like episode two more than episode one but i also like this series so far because it feels like something we haven't had in ages in the mcu really at all and that's somebody with a secret identity where... And it's a good thing that the MCU in general has moved away from that and not everybody is a, I have to do these superheroic things, but I also have to keep it a secret and I can't tell the people that I like. But after nobody having secret identities, it's kind of refreshing to have a more down-to-earth handling basic stuff superhero show. It really feels like a Spider-Man... That's what I was going to say. It feels Spider-Man adjacent. Yeah. yeah, which is even better because Spider-Man, we have Spider-Man, and he's off doing big world-saving stuff for most of his films so far. So having that extra corner of it's much more grounded and it's much more on the street handling stuff is nice. But mostly I also, I, I just appreciate Kamala asking her mom if she can go to this party and the mom actually hearing her out and apparently deciding okay, I cannot stop you from doing this thing and you're gonna pro- and I now know you're gonna run out if I tell you no, so at the very least we'll 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 have some leeway. That was nice to have. I like how Nakia Nakia I Nakia I'm, or Nakia, Nakia I think it's either I think it's they pronounce it both ways, but it, I think it's Nakia. Okay. I like I like her wrapping Kamala's dad around her finger to get her vote. I liked everything with Nakia and her trying to get the vote for them. I, I like that stuff. You know, I think that her character's at least a little bit more refreshing as, like, a best friend character. What's his name is just simping for her heart. Or, sorry, tier three subbing for her heart. Bruno's not <laughs> great. No. Mostly because he's very obviously jealous of Kamran, which... <sighs> which, now that Kamran's Cam- become a whole thing with the end credits, the the... the the last scene in the shit episode, you know, who knows what it's going to turn into. I don't know. Uh, obviously, like, it's the very obvious best friend being jealous. Like, your crush is, is hitting on or, or with another guy, so you're jealous kind of char- character. And it's kind of like, okay, I've seen this a million times. Uh, yeah. But I like Nakia because she's, like, you know, this independent, like, I'm going to try to make a difference kind of character. And, you know, she just doesn't care the fact that, you know, the Muslim society does not really like women being in power. She just doesn't mm. give a shit, so... Oh, and I, I really can't give it up to Iman Vellani enough for doing a phenomenal job as Kamala, because that bit where she comes home from the party and she's dancing to that song by the Renettes is just... It's brilliant. I love it. I, it's hilarious. Like I said, it's one of those things where I don't connect with it at all. But no, not much about her I connect with. It's it, I'm just... This show is a tie-in to a major Marvel movie, so I have to watch it. Uh, what do we think about Damage Control being the bad guys, and also pretty explicitly racist? <laughs> who are the Damage Control? So, in the comics, they're supposed to be just the group that cleans up after superhero fights. Ah. Here, they seem to have been expanded into more of a shield-adjacent, boots-on-the-ground, handling superhero stuff kind of thing. Kind of like what which, Agent Shield is doing, yeah. Which makes sense, considering Stark helped found the thing, but 
it's a sh- it, it's actually kind of funny. Originally, they were gonna get their own comedy TV show, <laughs> like a sitcom type thing, and then I guess plans fell through for that, or they couldn't get a network for it, or something like that. So that unfortunately did not pan out. It's really weird knowing that, seeing them transition into the sort of jackbooted, ah, yes, let's make sure to surveil these marginalized communities for this new superhero kind of thing. But we'll see how it pans out. And I'm not going to say anything about Comron because I know what he's like in the comics. (laughs) Oh, really? Yes. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah. Alright, so in the comics, Comron is an inhuman villain. Ah! And... He is a he, he is he is very much an asshole. He's a we're better than all of them. Why do you bother to protect them? And as soon as she doesn't get on board with the plan, he's just like uh and then he turns into a total douchebag and it's just So so essentially they're setting up that she isn't inhuman. I don't know. They make it pretty clear that her powers don't come from the bangle and activated something inside her, so it could very well be a terrigen crystal, mm. but it, I don't know. It could be she's an inhuman. It could be empowered by quantum bands. It could be something else. Maybe she's a mutant. Who knows? Oh, that would be really cool to hear the word mutant. Oh, oh, what if like, what if like Charles Xavier like, oh, oh, oh. Well, funny story there. The first superhero she teamed up with, I think, was Wolverine. Huh. That would be an amazing way to throw Wolverine in the show at MCU. That um, would be a really great way to just shadow drop him. I wouldn't expect it. I'm no, certainly I, not. I, I don't think it would be a kingpin scenario. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going into this with the expectation of Wolverine's going to show up or this thing is a failure. But I I do want to throw um something that I caught that you might find interesting. Yeah. When we were when they were talking about her, you know, her auntie or great 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 as a great grandmother. Her great-grandmother, yeah. Yeah, and how she was saved by a woman who looked like stars or something like that? She followed a tra- uh, It was her grandma followed a trail of stars, and her great-grandma is the one who went missing. So her great-grandma is probably the one who had the bracelet or something? When I, when I hear trail of stars, I think America Chavez. Huh. Because that's her whole thing. Because she's a dimension traveler. She's not a time traveler. Hmm, good point. I don't know. That was just me trying to, like you know, justify it in my head, you know? Yeah. I think it's just her great-grandmother was also empowered by the bracelet somehow. Maybe she's in the bracelet? Yeah, I, that would be weird. I, also, I like how janky the CGI is for the for the power. It, mm. It's very janky. It, I mean, it's hard light. It's hard light. Yeah. Oh, I really cannot stress enough how nice it is to just see somebody... To see a superhero in the MCU save somebody from falling out of a building, and that's the full extent of the threat. Oh, and then she fucks we... up and, like, he breaks his ankle at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. To be fair, apparently he's the shoe thief, though, so... Oh, is he? Yeah, I think somebody pointed out that he has the Versaces on. Okay! You... I haven't been able to confirm it myself, that's but clever, if so, actually. that's really funny. That's very I mean, clever, though. He did break in and climb out a window just to take a selfie, so he's an idiot either way and deserved <laughs> a broken ankle. I did like seeing all the clicks of different types of people in the community, because, like, I don't... That was cool. Yeah, it was... It, it. It's one of those things where I don't know this community at all, so, like, you know, it's kind of cool to get a little insight into, like, the culture a little bit. Yeah. 
that's the one thing I am getting from this show is a lot more like it's like when I watch like an anime and I get more Japanese culture. This I'm getting more Muslim culture and ideas and you know understanding of like how the community works and that's always a good thing. You know? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to see where this goes. I think Najma, uh, Kamran's mom, is going to take over the role of Lineage, who was his boss in the comics and an evil and human bent on overthrowing Adelan or something similar. Mm. We'll see. Well, we got a lot of episodes left on that one. So. We got four. Can't wait. Yep. So I guess that wraps things up. If this is the outro that we're going with, I guess I'll find out. Boy, I'm going to have to sift through so much stuff <laughs> to figure out how I want this episode to be structured. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun challenge. Maybe the episode goes up a little bit later. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll find out on the day. But... Well, I guess we'll see you guys in whatever segment we decide to segue to now. Yeah, and if it's this one, and this is the end, thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe. Thanks for bearing with my furious, angry rant about Lightyear. <laughs> Follow us on Spoofy, and next week, probably Elvis. Oh, that's Elvis right. or Black Phone. We'll see. Whatever. We'll figure it out. Yeah. It basically just depends. Yeah, most likely. We'll see, though. We'll figure it out. We'll get it sorted. Peace out, everybody. Have a good rest of your day. Have a good rest of your day.